Welcome to Library Life, the podcast where we talk about all things library and some things not. My name is Jenna. And my name is Shana. And this week we're talking about our lives and books. Jenna and I have pulled books out from our childhood, so from zero to five, and then school age, so 10 to 15, teen, 15 to 20 in present and that's what we're going to be talking about this week so basically we're looking at what we read throughout our lives in kind of five-year increments yes i mean it's going to be a little bit broad around each but you know loosey-goosey yeah we'll talk about the books that influenced us yeah that like maybe got us started on a genre or um that basically led to what we like to read now yeah i think that's really interesting to look at the progression between what we were reading as kids and what we end up reading as adults. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm looking forward to getting into that further later in the podcast. Me too. Well, should we just get started then? Yeah. Do you want to start? You were born first. That's true. I was born first. All right. So I guess we can talk about the Little Miss and Little Mister books. Oh, yeah. So our mother used to take us to chapters all the time, and I remember that she would let us pick... Um, we would each get to pick one Little Miss and Little Mister books, mainly because I think they were so cheap. Yeah. Did they say a price on the yeah, back? Yes, so on the back of this, they were $3.50. Oh, nice. I wonder what year was that published, does it say? Did children's books have, like, a copyright page? They do. Here it is. 1990. Oh, dang. This is older than both of us. Yeah. <laughs> Shana was born in 93. Three. I always want to say 92. No, 93. I was born in 95. I know my own birth year, luckily. <laughs> At least for that. So the one I just, we had probably five of them sitting on our shelves and I just grabbed one. So this one is Little Miss Curious. I forgot how great these illustrations are. I know. So they kind of look like they've been done in like MS Paint. Yeah, they totally do. <laughs> um, so the first page is... Little Miss Curious is a very curious sort of person. Just look at her house. It's a very curious shape, isn't it? It's a question mark. And then as you flip through, her garden is also full of question marks. Her hair, her, she's got a ponytail of a question mark. And it's just basically like, they're weird blobs, essentially, yeah. like shapes. They kind of are. Um, and it's just like a nonsense kind of That looks tale. like a Richard Scarry worm. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Is it Scarry? Scary? Scary? I don't know. I don't remember reading a lot of those books as a kid, but we did read a few. Mm-hmm. Um... So, yes, that's the one I can think of. Uh, I also remember Mom reading us, like, Dr. Seuss and, like, Robert yeah. Bunch. Um, a lot of, like, Franklin and... Yeah. For my five-year-old books... Or five... They're not five-year-olds. <laughs> not really right. For my books that I read around the age of five would be obviously very similar to Shana's because we grew up in the same household. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, we were talking about it, and for some reason we couldn't remember a lot more. I struggled so much. I was like, what books was I reading when I was, like, that age? Yeah, Shana was having a really hard time, and I remember a lot of mine very clearly, and I don't know if, I don't know why. It's just different, I guess. But I read Franklin, Elliot Moose, I loved. Oh, yeah, Elliot Moose. I loved Elliot Moose so much. So good. Like, I can remember books that, like, you were reading when you were, like... Yeah. That age, but for some reason I can't remember books that I was reading. The only thing I can remember from like grade one would be there's a series of books, um, and they were basically like helping 
kids learn to read, so they were called Dick and Jane. Yeah, it's like classic. Yeah, and I remember I liked them because my middle name is Jane, and the and you um, know and the character's Jane. name is Jane, and it was just basically like see Jane run. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't ever remember reading those books. I, I don't at remember all. reading those. I do remember that we had a book. I forget what it was, but the boy on the cover was wearing khaki pants. Do you remember this? No. And. They looked like he wasn't wearing any pants at all, so I always thought that the boy didn't have pants on, and it was, like, on a playground or something. Yeah. I do remember there was one, because our mother used to take us to chapters, and this is in the time where you could, like, sit in chapters for, like, hours, and they had, like, chairs everywhere and just read, so we would oftentimes do, like, afternoons at chapters. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so the one, there's one book I remember, and it was so cool, and I, I think mom might have actually ended up buying it for us later. It was one of those cool books that had lots of, like, pockets and lots of, like, different oh, yeah, things yeah, yeah. in them. And it was about, like, a postman. A little postman. Oh, and yeah, he was we going had that. The... I, I remember reading that in, like, Mom and Dad's bedroom. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. why I remember it so clearly there. I remember it at chapters, and I always, like, read that one because it was so cool, and it was just, It's, like, like, where you open it, and there's letters. Yeah, there's like... different letters, and he's still... Deli- I think he's delivering letters to, like... Fairy tale? Fairy tale? Not, yeah. not just fairy tale, though, because I remember, like, Wizard of Oz and... Yeah, like, stuff. the Emerald City. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's, like, a bean... There's an Alice in Wonderland... Um, I remember that one, though, so we did have that one. Yeah. I remember Mom being like, no, you can only look at this when we're here. I think that's probably why I was looking at it in their bedroom, because I wasn't supposed to look at it. Because I could, like, I was going to, like, ruin Because <laughs> you were going to rip the page. <laughs> or something. Like, I'd lose some of the pieces. Classic kid moves. I know. Classic me. <laughs> I remember that one. I want to find that again. That was so great. It was awesome. Although, I wonder if it would still be awesome as an adult. You know, sometimes you think things are mm-hmm. great. Like, we moved recently, and I did have a number of my picture books from growing up still on my adult bookshelves like after I moved out of my parents house but I gave them all back to my mom mm-hmm. um, when we moved just recently and I found a book that I remember loving so much and it was a similar type thing where you open it and there's like letters and postcards and yeah. stuff and it was not as great as I thought it was because <laughs> I was like oh this is so awesome like I'm gonna look at this and I might put it on my coffee table for my friends to look at when they come over and I'm like this is not that great <laughs> So. And you're like, never mind. So yeah, I just gave it to mom with the bag of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I read really similar items to you in terms of picture book. Uh, Franklin and Arthur. Mm-hmm. You know, all the classics. Yeah. We, we talked a lot about children's books in our Mother's Day episode mm-hmm. where we did an interview with our mom. So if you're interested in listening to more on that. Go check that out. You should go ahead and check that out. I think though, in addition to the age five, what well, we just talked about kind of five and under... Mm-hmm. We also kind of wanted to talk about beginning books. So also around five, there's the time that kind of comes after that age, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you're just learning to read on your own. Readers. Yeah, exactly. Early readers. So picture books kind of fall into that timeline. Yep. yep. But then you graduate and you move up to the early chapter books. So I have a few in front of me that I did bring with me when we moved because I don't know, they just hold a little bit of a special place in my yes. heart. And I know I'm not going to read them as an adult, but... I don't know. I just, I like to look at my shelf and see, like, a progression of what mm-hmm. what I've read through my life. And I'm, I'm not very old, but I think it's interesting. So I have two here that I pulled from my shelf. The first one is Junie B. Jones. Ah, uh, yes. Did you ever read these? Uh, I remember being there when mom is reading them to you. Okay. So I feel like, yes. <laughs> you, but I don't, I think you might have just been I was a little older. too old for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when they for came sure. Out. Well, this is, the one I have in my hands is Junie B. Jones is Almost a Flower Girl, and it was published in 1999. Oh, yeah, it would have been a great one. So, I wouldn't, 
I've been, I would have read these a few years after they were published, I imagine. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so Junie Jones is so sassy. <laughs> and this is the first page of this book. I, I really wanted to share this because I think it's funny. So this chapter one is called Ricardo. Ricardo, okay. My name is Junie B. Jones. The B stands for Beatrice, except I don't like Beatrice. I just like B, and that's all. <laughs> I am a bachelorette. A bachelorette is when your boyfriend named Ricardo dumps you at recess. Only I wasn't actually expecting that terrible trouble. <laughs> I feel like this is for children, but it also rings so true for a millennial. <laughs> but I'm also kind of surprised my mom let me read this. Because my mom, my mom, my mom is pretty is strict about what we were allowed to read. And this is talking about like having a boyfriend in grade two, right? So I don't know how she would have felt about that. But anyways, I read those. Yep. And, um... I also read Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. Now, I think Mom read this aloud. I think she did, because I remember this one. Yeah. Well, I remember one of my teachers reading this to us in school, and then mm-hmm. reading it with Mom and reading the rest of the books in the series. And honestly, these were so funny. They're, yeah, they were really good. It's Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing by Judy Bloom. Yeah. So, these were published... or like I think they are Early already 20. older when older. we got oh, to yeah. them. Oh, yeah. They were originally published in 1972. Dang. Did you know that? No. I thought it was like 80s. So anyways, we when we got to them, they had already been out for a while. Yeah. I, I have a copy here that's like a Scholastic edition, I think. Oh, maybe it's not. No, it's a penguin. It's a puffin book. book. It's like an updated one, though. The cover mm-hmm. looks different. I must have got this from the book order or something. Not sure. But this was so funny. I actually mm-hmm. was thinking just the other day I should read these again. We should listen to this as we an should. audiobook when we go on our next road trip. Yes. But yeah, they were they were really fun. Yeah, they were about a uh, a boy who has a <laughs> Yeah, they were about what was his name? Um okay. Peter Warren Hatcher was his name. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a little brother named Farley that everyone called Fudge. Called Fudge. And he got into lots of trouble and he was always like the older sibling. Yes. Like, oh my brother. Fudge was a little brat though. Yeah, he is. <laughs> okay, wait, here's a little paragraph from the book. In the beginning of this book that explains that relationship. My biggest problem is my brother, Farley Drexel Hatcher. He's two and a half years old. Everybody calls him Fudge. I feel sorry for him if he's going to grow up with a name like Fudge. But I don't say a word. It's none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much sass. So much sass. And that narrator. <laughs> that is so funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. I want to read this again. This is funny. I just remember laughing and laughing at I it. I do. It was so funny. Because I think in some one of the books they get a parrot and the parrot gets loose or something. Yeah. It's just a bunch of shenanigans that happen. Yeah, shenanigans is like the perfect word for it. And like maybe as a kid I didn't notice, but I feel like it aged well. Mm-hmm. Unless these editions are updated with like terminology and stuff. Oh, they probably are. So the next age category we're moving on to is 10 years old. So a little bit before, a little bit after. But kind of that yeah, kind of like preteen. school age, if you want. Elementary school age. Yeah. Kind of thing. How old, what grade are you in when, when, at 10? Mm, I think you're grade four. Grade four, grade five? Yeah. Yeah. So when you're kind of starting to be a little more independent, reading longer yeah. chapter books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that are a little more substantial. Yes. That have a little bit more sophisticated vocabulary. <laughs> sophisticated vocabulary. I'm sure that's exactly it. <laughs> okay. Well, I can start. So the first chapter book that I ever remember picking out from chapters uh-huh. and saying I want to bring this one home it was El Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine. Also, 
this, when I bought, purchased this copy, it was the movie cover <laughs> with Anne Hathaway on it. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Yep. This copy I have in my hand is not the movie cover. You must have purchased this or. Oh, you know what? I took a class on tweenlet, mm-hmm. and I think I was on the hunt to find all those books secondhand. Yeah. And I found that one secondhand at Goodwill somewhere. Yeah. So, and also a fun fact, Ellen Enchanted was the first DVD that we ever owned. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Did we get that, that for a gift classic. or something? <laughs> I think yeah. it was for one of our birthdays or Christmas or something. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, so I, I actually really loved this book when I, when I read it. It was... Um, basically the story is Ella, the main character, it's a take, it's been on Cinderella. Yeah. In this magical land, all of the children, they get like gifts from fairies Mm -hmm. and her gift is that she has the gift of obedience so that whenever someone says you have to do this, she has to do it. And obviously she goes, it's it's a book about her going about trying to break her curse. Yeah. Um, and I like this, this first paragraph is great. It says, that fool of a fairy, Lucinda, (laughs) did not intend to lay a curse on me. She meant to bestow a gift. When I cried inconsolably through my first hour of life, my tears were her inspiration. Shaking her head sympathetically at mother, the fairy touched my nose. My gift is obedience. Ella will always be obedient. Now stop crying, child. I stopped. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Mm -hmm. Although I read it... Like I said, I bought it for a class, and I think that's the first time I read it. I, of course, had seen the movie, yeah. but I read it for the first time when I was in university. And, I mean, it was good. There was some parts about it I didn't love. But, I mean, when you're looking at it with an adult lens, it's yes. different, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was definitely an interesting read, and I think a lot of kids our age read it. When yes. did this one come out? Oh, that's a good question. The new part of this segment is, what, what year did the book come out? <laughs> Uh, 1997. Yeah. Yeah, that really took off. So I have a few here that I got from the shelf. The first one I picked up was Hatchet Mm, by Gary Paulson. I might have read this one a little older Mm -hmm. than 10, but it would have been like, you know, in grade six or seven probably. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely a scholastic copy I have here. I even have my name written in it. Gemma Hazard. (laughs) I like that scrawl of a 10 year old. And... It was just really good. I actually think this might have been a book, too, that a teacher read out loud. It's definitely one of those, like... Classics. Yes. And also one of those books that, like, we recommend to boys all the time. Because it's not, like, a girly book Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, so Hatchet is about a boy who gets stranded in a wilderness. Mm -hmm. I think he's in a helicopter that crashes or some kind of plane. And he has to figure out how to survive. So he has to hunt. And it's kind of like if you watch... um, Oh, what's that channel on YouTube? Primitive Survival or Primitive... Technology. Primitive Technology, yeah. yeah. Where the guy makes, like, something from nothing. Or from clay, he makes everything he needs. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that with a kid. And then uh, he eventually, spoiler alert, gets rescued. So, yeah, this is uh, was a classic. And I think I even wrote book reports on this. Oh, probably. And I think there's a number of other ones that go after it. And I also read those, too. I actually have a confession to make. I've never read any of them. Really? I've <laughs> Nope. Really? No. We own this book and you didn't read it? No, I didn't. I, like, oh. know about them and I know, like... Oh you didn't read God. it for school? No. What year was this one published? I feel like this was definitely out. In... Oh, for sure. It was first published... Oh, 1987. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I might have been in one of those... You know how the teachers will be like, here's four books, pick one. Yeah. And I just, I just don't think I ever picked it. Oh, yeah. what do you have next that you did read when you were that age? 
so I feel like I might have been a little bit younger when I read Little House on the Prairie. Uh-huh. But I loved Little House on the Prairie. I Yeah, I read that too. Like read the original series by Lauren Goldwilder and also I read all the ones like where it's like the Caroline years, the yeah. Rose years, the, the spin-offs. Like, the spin-offs, all like her daughter and her mother and her grandmother. And it's just this like classic tale of like, oh look, this one also has my name in it in terrible writing. Uh. <laughs> Um, it's just, like, a classic tale of life on the frontier, and... Yeah. Like, it was, like, so fascinating, like, learning about how they would just all pack up into a wagon, and they would go across America, uh-huh. and then, like, homestead in, like... Yeah. Like, the wilderness. Like, I remember, like, there was points in this book where they had to leave because they're, like, on, like, um, like, Aboriginal land, uh-huh. and stuff about how they had to, like, stay on a piece of land for a year and then you just owned it yeah well and speaking of like the indigenous perspective i know i didn't take this class but some of my friends took a children's lit class and that's a big issue it's like i haven't read these books as an adult so i can't really speak to how it treats that issue but i know for a lot of people that's a really big hang up with those books is they don't like how that was handled if they weren't portrayed yeah favorably and I, i don't even really remember People have issues with that part of the story and the mm-hmm. fact that it's kind of like colonial and all that stuff. Yes. Not regardless, but when you're a child, you don't think of that. Mm-hmm. So I just remember it with very fond memories. Yeah, well, speaking of this, this will lead to it. Okay, so the first little bit is um, a long time ago when all the grandfathers and grandmothers of today were little boys and little girls or very small babies or perhaps not even born. Ma and Pa and Mary and Laura and baby Carrie left their little house in the big woods of Wisconsin and they drove away and left it lonely and empty in the clearing among the big trees and they never saw that little house again. They were going to the Indian country. (laughs) Yeah. It's not very PC. Yeah, that's not. (laughs) Yeah, those might be worth another read too. It was interesting. Then it goes on to say that Pa said there were too many people in the big woods now. So it's just kind of like... Interesting. I think a lot, a lot of stuff happens to them. I mean, yeah, like I feel like they have these terrible—not terrible lives, but a lot of trials, hardships. Because like, doesn't Mary go blind? Mary goes blind, and I feel like they lose a baby, probably. Um, and it's just like, and then I know in the first four years, which was about Laura, she talks about losing a baby in that one, right? Mm-hmm. I just remember like the scene where. There's, like, the newspaper on the walls, and she's trying to read it, but it's upside down, and then she gets, like, vertigo or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So this was very, like, I love those ones. I remember playing Pioneers so mm-hmm. often and wanting a bonnet so, so bad. badly. I don't know why. So fixated on a bonnet. <laughs> but I wanted one really bad. And we were Pioneers for Halloween a number of times. Oh, for sure. So the next one I have for that age group of 10-ish mm-hmm. is a series of unfortunate events. This was very popular. I remember I was in the sixth grade probably when I was reading these because I remember I got them from the book order. I got them from the book order. It was the I remember this classic order was late because it was the last day of school and I had to carry home all ten of these books. Oh no. The whole series wasn't finished yet at the time. Yeah. But I remember trying to balance them all under my chin and walk home with them. Yeah, so a series of unfortunate events. And they've kinda of, they've kinda of had a rebirth with the yes. Netflix series, which I watched and um this is not about... This podcast is not about that show. No. But my one comment will be that I didn't think Count Olaf was scary enough in the show. Like, it was yeah. too silly. But I loved these. And I did read A Bad Beginning again for the same class I read Elle Enchanted mm-hmm. in uh, university. What struck me about reading these as an adult is that the narrator is really quite... Present. Well, present, yes. Yeah. But also 
profound sometimes in how he talks about grief and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, stuff I didn't understand as a kid, but you understand a little bit more as an adult. Yeah, because, like, listen to this. This is the beginning of chapter two. It is useless for me to describe to you how terrible Violet, Klaus, and even Sunny felt in the time that followed. If you've ever lost someone very important to you, then you already know how it feels. And if you haven't, you cannot possibly imagine it. Yeah, that's... But that's pretty profound mm-hmm. for a children's book. I remember reading some of these books. I did not enjoy the series. I think they were too dark depressing. for me. Depressing for me. Like, I know that's the whole point of this series. But I just, like, was not interested in reading books like that. And I read a number of them, like... Did you? I don't remember mm-hmm. you reading I read them. all the way up to, I think, the one with the carnival. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I was like, this is too weird, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I always liked them, they were depressing. And I remember defending them to somebody, probably Shana or my mom or somebody, saying that I liked them because you didn't know what was going to happen. There is a lot of suspense and intrigue yeah. with these books. So yeah, I really enjoyed these, and... I enjoyed, like, the net- reliving them through the Netflix series, but I do remember when I read them as an adult, some of the other parts of the story were a little, like, dumb. <laughs> you know? But yeah. I just love the whole intrigue and, like, what happened with the sugar bowl and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are those are very influential. I think especially, like, when we're talking about kind of depressing, thoughtful books, mm-hmm. I think you can see some roots in this, and we'll get into that more when we talk about the current day stuff. So this is going to be a... Speed round. <laughs> this is going to be rapid fire because we're starting to go on and on and on uh, about our children's books. And we, we still have... We still have, have like, life. ten years to cover. <laughs> All right. So, you and I both really love Nancy Drew. hmm And also the Hardy Boys by yeah. Nancy Drew. They're just fun. I mean, it was cool going along with Nancy yeah. solving a crime. Yeah. They are great. We read, like, the old ones. Yes. And we also read, like, the remakes. I remember loving the Hardy Boy remakes. I think oh, I yes. Pretty sure I just, yeah. American <laughs> Teens Against Crime. Oh. I'm pretty sure I had a big crush on both of them, like fictional crushes. Yeah. Which is why I liked them so much. <laughs> but no, those were great books. They're pretty good. And they're they're short, which is nice. Yeah. You can sit through them. I also really love diary books. Yeah, I read those too. Um, so the one I have in my hand is The Royal Diaries, and it's Marie Antoinette's Princess of Versailles. I've read that a number of times, because I think it was like one of the only ones we owned. Yeah. Um, got tons and tons from the library. Mm-hmm. There's like a whole series about royal diaries, so it'd yeah. be like different royal people. Yeah, women though. Uh-huh. Um, also loved the Dear Canada ones. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a bunch of those. Orphan at my door. That's Orphan the only one I can door, think of. Footsteps in the snow. Oh yeah. Um, they're all one... about these children who had these like miserable lives. Yeah, because they're all about like happened during the war or during like the Spanish, Spanish influenza. Yeah, I was say Spanish influenza <laughs> ones. I also loved Mermaids. Yeah. So I love this series. And it's Emily Winsnap and the Monster from the Deep. It's about a girl. I think the first one is the, uh, the Tale of Emily Winsnap. Yes, but this is the only one I could find on her, okay. on her bookshelf. I don't know what happened to the other one. Um, basically, this is about a girl who discovers that she's a mermaid and because her mother never lets her swim or go in the pool and then she sneaks off to have... Uh, to take swimming lessons and discovers that she has a tail when she gets into the water. <laughs> That's just such a classic appealing story. Yeah. I also really loved horses. So I read yeah, I all, like horses too. I read all of the Heartland Oh, I read series. a bunch of those too. Read them all. Uh, loved them. But really, what I really want to talk about is Anne Green Gables. Mm-hmm. Classic. This is, I think this is a scholastic one. I don't know. I don't know. But I was given a box set yeah. for Christmas one year. And Maybe it was from Aunt Shelley. I feel like it might have been from Aunt Shelley. 
Um, she always gave us books. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, look, my name is written in those. You remember gel pens? No, I think that's a rainbow pencil. Or is it gel pen? pen? I think it's a pen. Oh, it might be a rainbow pencil. Like the changes oh, colors. Oh, classic you write. early thousands. Mm. <laughs> but yes, this is a classic series that I feel like everyone should read. Yeah. Um, Canadiana. It's, yes, it's very Anna, good. Canadiana, Canadiana, Canadiana. I don't know. But yeah, you know what I mean. Canadian stuff. There you go. So the next kind of age category we wanted to tackle was like the fifteen years marks. Mm-hmm. Our next five year increment. So basically, what we read as teens and in high school. So I feel like when I was a teenager, that's not my reading. I would say when I was a teenager, my reading became a little more focused. Like, when you're a child, yeah. you just read whatever you can get your hands on. And I read so much that it was always, like... I remember also being super attracted to the longest books in the <laughs> I library. Think every child goes yeah. through that. I actually had a child come to me and be like, I want your biggest book. And he wanted to talk to books. It? And I was just like... Okay, so I, l- I randomly just visually went to the shop and was like, yeah. here's a long one, here's a long one, here's a long one. Yeah. And he was like, what? I pulled out the first one, he's like, it's not big enough. <laughs> like, he was not interested in the storyline or the characters. He just wanted like. He just wanted like. I was like, all right, kid, here yeah. you go. Yeah, I remember that, too. Because <laughs> well, I feel like it's that pride thing, right? Like, oh, yeah. look, I'm reading this. <laughs> oh, yeah, two. I was definitely that kind of reader. <laughs> I remember it was in grade five or six, we had something called Bubble Bucks. What? They're like bubblegum bucks or something. Okay. And like if ha, when you read a certain amount of books, you got to go around the track and you would get bubble bucks. And I remember we would have auctions. <laughs> that teacher was so intense in a good way. We would have auctions for stuff. You use your bubble bucks to buy it. And I always had a lot because I read a lot. <laughs> My uh, days of sucking up to the teacher started young. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to high school. Yes. So in high school, like I was saying, our reading got a lot more focused. Mm-hmm. I still read, you know, lots of different genres, but I think it was more, I read less, but longer books and more, you know, to what I was interested in. Yeah. So in high school, like early high school, I, I read Artemis Fowl, mm-hmm. which I actually just recently reread. I'm sure I've talked about it on the podcast. Still stands up to a reread, just in case anyone's read it as as a teen or a kid mm-hmm. and wants to read it again. I also, you know, read all the Alex Ryder books about oh, spies. Oh, yeah. I forgot about those books. I love those books. Yeah. I, he's still writing them. I know. Because I looked at the catalog the other day for an Anthony Horowitz book for someone and I clicked on his name just curious to see what he was doing these days and I'm like, Alex Ryder? Like, a 2019 publication? Anyways, Alex Ryder was good. Just I just read so much but I'm trying to kind of hit the highlights here. Mm-hmm. The one book that was my favorite for a long time Really long time. And it's still... I'm going to read it again, actually, I think. Either... Maybe not maybe not next, but I'll read it this summer for sure. It was Becca Cooper, Terrier, mm-hmm. by Tamora Pierce. Oh, I'm also going to talk about Tamora Pierce. So, Shana actually recommended her to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was at the library, and I actually listened to this book on audiobook. Which I think was maybe the first audiobook I ever listened to. Ooh. So, it started my audiobook obsession. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't have the regular copy of it. They just mm. had the audiobook. And you were like, you should read some Tomorrow Pierce. But you weren't with me. So you were somewhere. Yeah. And um, I picked this one up. I remember bringing it home and reading it and being like, Shane, I loved it. Whatever. And you're like, oh, I haven't read that one. <laughs> and I was like, I felt so betrayed. <laughs> but I loved this one so much. It's um, it's diary format, which normally I don't like. But this one is done really well. And it's high fantasy. Oh, yeah. But it's... All of Tomorrow Pierce's. Yeah. It's set, though, in um, a, a lower city, and they're, like, police officers, mm-hmm. but they're called dogs, 
and then the trainees are called puppies. I think I just love the setting, like that mm-hmm. kind of inner city, that, like, inner city kind of gritty yeah. but fantasy setting. And mm-hmm. I, I still love that setting. I don't really read as much fantasy as I used to, but I always look for that setting. Mm-hmm. I, so I love this book so much, and it's a quite long. And there are some after, but I remember being disappointed with the third one. I don't yeah. even think I finished reading it because they go out of the city. So it ruins that kind of vibe. But I'm mm-hmm. going to read it again this summer. I'll talk about it on a reading break, probably. <laughs> awesome. I also loved Tomorrow Paris. And I really liked the Alana series. The story is there's these two twins, a boy, two twins, one set of twins it's yeah. a boy and a girl and in this land girls go off and they kind of like they become like ladies and like ladies in training or uh-huh. something something like that and then the boys go off to become knights except elena who's the main character she wants to become a knight and her brother didn't want to and he wanted to study magic and become like priest i want to say like whatever a, they call them whatever they call them right so they basically like they look identical enough that they just basically switch places uh-huh. and like she cuts her hair and goes off and yeah and it's awesome it's very much of a like girl power and like yeah and it kind of like all of her series connect a little connect bit connect a little bit like, like they're in the same world they're in the same world so I loved that. And this also, I think Tamara Pierce probably started my obsession with fantasy. Yeah. See, also, um, but yeah, so I loved her. Yeah. I tried to read Al- Alana. The series didn't get into it. And I find some of Tamara Pierce's stuff, it's too, like, it's not personal enough. Mm. Which I think is why I liked Becca Cooper so much is because it is, like, first person. Person, yeah. Whereas all the other stuff is third, and it's a little bit of a distant, not a super distant third, but I just remember not liking it as much as Becca Cooper and being really let down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was, like, early high school, end of junior high, that I kind of really got into that. And then early high school was also, so the series by Allie Carter... So the first one is called I Tell You That I Love You, but then I'd have to kill you. Yeah. It's kind of that spy genre. It's a spy genre. I like loved I love I still love Ellie Carter. She's she has like a bunch of different series. Yeah, I And I still read will always put it on hold in the library. But anyway, so this one is basically this academy, the spy academy for girls, and they just train to become spies. And she's like a super great spy and she's something called a pavement artist where she can just like disappear into the crowd. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's fun. Little, like yeah, I think that, like I'm glad you brought that up because I think that gets us into like the kind of classic YA genre. Yes, I like I still really enjoy why young adults yeah books, but I got really into them in high school. Yeah, because like I think we read all the popular stuff. Like you know, Hunger Games came mm-hmm. out when I was in high school. I think were you still in high school or maybe yes. the end? No, for the Hunger Games I was. Um, I think the Divergent series, it was more like the end I read of high Divergent when I was in high school. I read the first book of Twilight, didn't love that one. No, I didn't love that one either. And, um, but I read a lot of, like, realistic YA, too. Yeah, oh, I loved, like, contemporary. Sarah Dessen. Oh, Sarah Dessen. Oh, Maureen, Maureen Jenkins? Jen- Jenkins? No, it's not her, but. I loved her. Um, I was also just, like, looking at her shelf. Since you've been gone, and it's about this, like, two best friends and the one disappears from her life and she sends her this like oh that's morgan matson morgan matson i love the, her but yes yeah so we read a lot of those genre ones yes. and like those are the ones nowadays that i'm like i can't read those no anymore. me either like as a teenager i i really liked them and i thought the romances were so romantic mm-hmm. and now i mean i'm not that far out of teenagers like i'm only 23 years old but i 
can't read them. Like, I just, they're so cringeworthy. Yeah. Just, like, some of the stuff that happened in those books and the love triangles. But I read a lot of those mm-hmm. kind of basic YA books yes. that are dime a dozen. Oh, uh, and I loved them. And, and they were um, good for, like, the yeah. time, you know? Like, they got me in, like, I kept reading and read. I started reading more realistic fiction mm-hmm. in that time. It was more available. Yeah, like, it was either in high school for me, it was either, like, YA contemporary, like, non-contemporary romance, or it was, like, YA fantasy. Yeah. But then dystopian kind of... Yeah, dystopian had that big came, moment. Yeah, for, so then like, I read a bunch of that stuff that's all just generic, you know, kind yeah. of not Hunger Games knockoff stuff. Um, but yeah, that's what I was reading in high school. And I think also in high school, it was the first time I started to read books that were adult books. Mm-hmm. I remember having a moment where I was like, I never want to read adult books. <laughs> like, I never want to go to the adult section. I only want to read YA books. Why would I need, like... Yeah. I remember thinking as a teenager, like, I'm going to be reading these books. Forever. Forever. And <laughs> enjoying them. Now, I, I can't imagine reading only YA books. So, I think that's a good segue. We're going to do, like, our categories when we were 20. So, young, young adult. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about present very briefly at the end here. Yeah. When I was 20, I was in university still. I had just finished my second year, maybe my third year. Sure. I don't know. I was mid-university anyways. So, and I did a degree in English. <laughs> so, I read a lot for school. I didn't read a lot for pleasure. Mm-hmm. But I think reading for school changed a lot of my interest. And, like, I think it pushed me out of the YA a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I started reading, you know, like, Alice Munro and... The the, like quote unquote, yeah, and I like I I have issues with the word literary, <laughs> but for the sake of being able to identify a genre, it was literary fiction. I read a lot of literary fiction, and I mean I still enjoyed my YA fantasy. Like around that time, I read Thorn of Glass that series. Oh, I love Sarah J. Moss. Yeah, but that series I think is more like for older teens or young yeah, adults. The, oh, what is it called? There's that one genre that's like in new between, adult. New adult. For some reason, new adult, when I hear that, I always think it's, like, these, like, racy romance books, and I don't know why I associate that with new adult. Part of it, yes, but then there's also, like, the the stuff that oftentimes will be cataloged as YA because it's more, because it has teenagers in it, but it will be, like, um... More mature themes. More mature themes. So either it will be, if it's contemporary, it will be, like, the last summer before going off to university or, like, the first year of college or whatever. kind of, like, post-YA. Yeah, but it's, like, it's, like, the... In between genre, where it's like you yeah. still aren't really like ready for the adult. ready for the adult, but the YA stuff is too young. So I was kind of starting to transition into more literary books, mm-hmm. and also starting to try nonfiction, yeah. starting to dabble in that. And then uh, I was still reading YA, but I was kind of just transitioning to only reading YA fantasy, mm-hmm. which I think. Um, is interesting. So the books I actually have picked up here for that. In terms of the YA fantasy, I read Cinder. That oh, yes. was had a moment. It's kind of the dystopia, 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 <laughs> sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. It's not even fantasy, really, but sci-fi. And I really enjoyed Cinder, and I read that when I was in university, like on yes, the summer break, mm-hmm. not for school. Um, I'm not talking really about the books I read for school because those ones were forced upon me. Yes. But I also read The Goldfinch, which I think is kind of... It definitely wasn't the first literary book, but I remember this was the book that introduced me to the idea of the Bildung's Roman, which is like the coming-of-age story. Mm, mm-hmm. Because in this book, he goes from being a child to an adult. Interesting. And comes of age. So, themes like that that are very, like, literary. Yeah. So, I remember reading The Goldfinch. This I actually listened to a lot of this on audiobook, and I remember the audiobook was, like, 32 hours long. Oh, my goodness. And... 
enjoying it and thinking I want to read more like this. I don't even know why I read this. I think I might have got it from the library book sale. Like someone donated it and the library didn't want it. It's by Donna Tart. And um, well, when did it? Yeah, it says book sale, so it must have been from the library. And when did it come out? This one? Oh, 2013. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. It had a big moment. I remember this was kind of like the, oh, I kind of like this realistic fiction that's kind of got symbolism and makes you think a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, this book isn't perfect. I kind of feel like the last hundred pages don't need to be there <laughs> or should be edited out or whatever. But um, I did pull this one because it was something I was reading mid-university by choice mm-hmm. that was not YA and not really genre fiction anymore. Yeah. I think, like, because we were talking a little bit about how the series of Unfortunate Event dealt with some yes. more thematic stuff. I think, like, books like The Goldfinch also mm-hmm. have that. For sure. But what were you up to around 20? Mm, I feel like I definitely stayed in that, like, fantasy, contemporary, like, romance genre. And I still gravitate towards a lot of that now. Nowadays, I do love a good urban fantasy. Mm-hmm. I know series. you do. The little paperbacks. Yeah. It might be trashy, but it I is enjoy trashy. <laughs> but no judgment. No judgment. No, no book shaming. No book shaming. But I think they're trashy. I really loved this series by Patricia Briggs. Oh, yeah. And um, I've mentioned that a few times. I really liked those books. And like she's still writing them. But I'm kind of like, like the new one just came out ooh, like, a couple weeks ago. And I'm kind of like, over it. Like, I still really love the characters, but I just kind of feel like the characters are, like, stuck. Yeah. Like, something needs to happen in their lives to, like... Shake them up. To shake them up. Because it's, like, the same thing, like, just keeps happening, like... Uh-huh. Well, over and over again. Well, because I think the series has, like, 10 or 11 books in it, so... Yeah. I feel like it's a downfall of a lot of... Yeah, it was just thing to be done. Yeah, because it's, like, the same, like, like, Mercy just can't just keep getting, like, separated from the pack or separated, yeah. like, falling into, like, trouble where she has to, like, like, because I reread a lot of the earlier books recently, and I was like, oh, okay, like, there's some faults to it that I've... Yeah, that you didn't realize the first time? Yeah, so I still really love that genre, and I really do... Do you feel like Around 20 is kind of when you started reading adult books yeah. more than teen books? I, I meant to say that when I was talking about my books. I feel like that was the age when I realized that the adult section has some good stuff to offer. Oh, for sure. I started getting away from the teen books. Um, I also really... I discovered the, like... It's not cozy mysteries. It kind of is, but it's kind of like that... I don't feel like I've seen you reading cozy no, mysteries. No, not cozy. It's like the historical that mysteries. That is not cozy mystery. It's not. I realized when I said it, I was like, that's not a cozy mystery. Like we, mystery. yeah, it's mysteries. I really love like harking back to Nancy Drew and the Hardy yeah. Boys. I feel like I think we were always big mystery readers, yeah. so it's not really surprising we like mysteries as adults. Mm-hmm. So I really, both of us really love the um, Sebastian Saint series uh, by C.S. Harris. Fictional oh, crush. Yep, yeah. uh, Sebastian is so great. Both of our book crushes. <laughs> yeah. And I also really like where it's like set in the twenties or like the yeah like the thirties and it's Miss like the Fishers. female like yeah. The Sebastian St. Sarah ones, though, were really good. Mm-hmm. I remember I just thought I was on a whim when I was working at the library. Yeah. They're about a Viscount who gets falsely accused of murder and I think it's ne- around the Napoleonic Wars. It's so, like, definitely... late 1700s, early 1800s. I think it's the Regency. It's yeah, Regency, Regency period. I hardly ever read, like, the author's notes or whatever. I always read hers. But I always read hers because she's always so, like, exact and she's just like, I know this event happened on this day, but for the purpose of our story, I, like, bumped it back two weeks or, like, this character was actually a real-life person, but I just embellished, like, yeah. some elements of it. Yeah, so those are really good. Um, I feel like, too, when I was 20, I mean, that was only a few years ago for me, but 
I felt like it was a badge of honor to read widely. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like advertise that I read fiction, nonfiction, fiction, nonfiction. I didn't actually do that, but I told people I did, and I tried sometimes <laughs> to alternate between yeah. reading fiction and nonfiction. I feel like so I kind of was reading, not reading to impress, but trying to read widely, which I don't mm-hmm. think is it's wrong. It's not a bad thing. But I think as long now as you enjoy it. Yeah, I think now though I've kind of come into my own a little mm-hmm. more, where I'm like hey, you know what, I feel like reading this romance book that maybe doesn't have a lot to say about life, but whatever, I Who feel Who cares, because like... it's a fun read that... Exactly. I feel like I care a little bit less mm-hmm. about reading well, all like... the, like, classics and stuff. I feel like when I was 20, it was also, like, the time where I realized I didn't actually have to finish a book if I didn't like it. Yeah, that's true. You're never taught this, but you kind of, like, think because you start a book, you're obligated to finish yeah, it. Yeah, it's like finishing what you start. Yeah. You're definitely taught that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that... I'm much more likely now to be like, oh, I'm like three chapters in and nothing has happened, or I hate these characters, yeah. or this isn't what I expected. Don't oh, I know. finish that. I know, because I recommend books to you and you don't finish them. <laughs> I'm still life. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that actually merges us very well into talking yes. about our present day likes. It's hard for me to say this is my favorite book because they change. Like, yeah. Even just in this podcast shows how much our favorite books have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. But honestly, still life. The Louise Penny books have such a big, have such a big spot in my heart for them because they are genre, like they're mysteries, mm-hmm. but they get into deeper stuff. And I just like how she balances that more literary with you know the genre. And they're not all perfect, but I really admire that in her as an author. Mm-hmm. And I find too that like I also read a lot more nonfiction. Mm. Mm-hmm. But because I think I always thought nonfiction was facts. Yeah. I didn't really realize that nonfiction includes memoir and creative nonfiction. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little more open to that. But I also don't feel obligated. I do try to read stuff that's popular, but I'm okay with just letting a trend go by me if I don't want to read it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that I still read a lot of, like, the majority of what I read is genre fiction. Mm hmm. Which I think is what makes us really different readers. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell when we look at the bookshelves what books belong to me. <laughs> yes, so what books which belong to me. And which belongs to Shana. <laughs> That's Be- very true. So funny. When we were moving, we're roommates, if you don't know. When we were moving, there was a book that I was like, what is this? Because we were trying to weed everything. And mm-hmm. I, like, read the back and it's like, oh, so-and-so's mother died and she's trying to cope with life. And I'm like, definitely mine. Because <laughs> I always go for, like... No, I, they kind of are depressing. Yes. Not like they're about like life issues, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I like the more literary books or family sagas and stuff like yeah. that. What you might think is a more serious book, but it's not all I like. Like I like genre fiction too. I just appreciate the literary stuff too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also different because I'm a writer, so that is. And I feel like also because you have a degree in English that you are like exposed to a lot more mm-hmm. that's true i've been exposed to a lot and i think it changes how you read yeah for sure i feel like i always read more to escape versus to if that makes sense for sure escapism um so like i have just come to terms that i like what i like and yeah if other people think it's trashy that's fine because i enjoy it <laughs> yeah and i feel like i i don't know i feel like i read for a lot of different reasons but like, there is an escapism, and mm-hmm. there's certain books I go to for an escape. I like to read Be Challenged, too, mm-hmm. and just to feel things. Yeah. Which is why I kind of like the stuff that gets into more deeper issues, mm-hmm. if you will, like character-driven novels and stuff like that. Yeah. Not that genre fiction can't have that. But I also think because I'm a writer, I also read to improve my writing. 
I don't always read as a reader, but I'm reading as a writer. So mm-hmm. I'm like looking at how it's structured and looking at how the symbolism works and the themes and do you know what I mean? Like I'm just reading with a different eye. Yeah, for sure. And like learning, trying to learn something from it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like, I feel like I'm not as, like, tied down to certain books as I used to be. Like, I'm much more willing to try different to stuff. To try some different stuff. And I, like, definitely working at the library helps, like, when mm-hmm. I was shelving. Because I was, like, like all the books that were being returned were going through my hands. Yeah. So I was, like, reading a lot more, like, different stuff. Well, I noticed, um, too, like, even when we're at, like, a book sale, like, that church book sale we were at mm-hmm. a month ago or whatever. Like, just what you pick up is, like, not all, like urban fantasy or not mm-hmm. all like romance or whatever like you're picking up stuff that i'm like oh that's something i would like mm-hmm. and i do like, i don't dislike genre fiction but no. you know but i feel like i read a you read way more than way I do. more and then you read way more like literary fiction than yeah, i do yeah like the book club books <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure <laughs> and like, nowadays like genre fiction isn't so rigid as it used to be yeah there's a lot of like hybrid stuff going on uh-huh so i enjoy that <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's totally fine, and I think it's kind of neat how, like, we, when we were children, a lot of our books were similar. Similar. When we were talking about our early reading lives, Mm -hmm. were very similar, and now they're quite different. Yeah. And how those two interests have kind of diverged. Mm Mm-hmm. But I actually think that's cool, uh, just to show how, like, the reader brings a lot to the books. Yes, for sure. Because we probably read the same books, but for Mm -hmm. different interests, Mm -hmm. and we liked them for different reasons, or disliked them. But yeah, I really do think the reader has a big role in what you bring to the book you you open. So that kind of Concludes. we're not very old, so this <laughs> so know, right? we didn't you know we can't talk about what we read in our thirties or forties or no. So I'm sure this episode will be extremely more interesting in twenty years from now. Yes. Um, but I do hope you enjoyed hearing a little bit of where we came from in our books and a little bit about how they shaped us as readers. And I think also it's just fun to talk about books. You'll probably notice we didn't have a reading break in this episode. Yes, because this is one big, long reading break. <laughs> exactly. This whole episode is a bit of a reading break. So it's a little different from what we've done in the past. But yeah. if you enjoyed these kind of book chats, do let us know. Because mm-hmm. um, we we're always we're still trying to figure out what this podcast is about. Yeah. So we'd like to hear from you if, uh, if, if you liked it, if you hated it. I mean... Maybe don't yeah. tell us if you hated it. <laughs> but you could maybe say, I prefer the episodes you, other episodes you did. Yes. <laughs> but also, if you want to talk about the books you were reading when you were 5, 10, 15, 20. And if you're older. 25, whatever. Increments, whatever you like. <laughs> this is not real formal around here. <laughs> you can let us know on Twitter at LibraryLifePod, on Instagram at LibraryLifePod, or if you want to send us a little, an email, you can send us an email at librarylifepodcast at gmail.com This concludes episode 8 of Library Life. May the good books be long and the bad books be short. Until next time.